thank you for joining our conversation on Wow Whispering. I am your host, Diane A. Curran, and it is delightful to be with you. Wow is spontaneous, open, expressive. Whispering is intimate, still, receptive. In our modern age, moments rush in or away like quicksilver. Do we even make the time to savor a wow or reflect on a whisper, to notice and value such gifts? We're ready to do just that with you right now. I am very excited to introduce my special guest today. His name is Bruce Langford. And before I tell you a little bit about him, Bruce, how are you doing today? It's good to have you with us. I'm doing great, Diane, and I'm so honored to be a guest on your show. I mean, this is going to be fun and interesting and exciting. Well, you know it's going to be fun because with a man like that who comes with that kind of energy, for me, it's very early in the morning. I know it's a little bit later for you. This is so great. Bruce, you're covering the other side of, of the continent, a little further north than me in L.A., and tell me where you are. You I'm in forget. London, Ontario, which is between Toronto and Detroit, near the Great you know, Lake. Oh, okay. What always throws me off is London. I'm thinking, wait a minute, he's not that far. He's not no. that further, <laughs> further east than me. But um, how wonderful. So how is the weather there right now? We're, we're still in the, in the like low 90s, uh, upper 80s here. I suspect it's a little cooler where you are. A little bit, a little bit, but it's very pleasant. It's been beautiful weather. Uh-huh. I've enjoyed it. Of course, I'm a person who tends to enjoy the weather no matter what. And people kind of roll their eyes because I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, 20 below and what a great fresh day. You know, <laughs> But I do enjoy the weather. Oh, I love it. I bet you even like rain. Well, sometimes I do, depending on what I'm doing. It's always yeah. nice to have one of those rainy days where you look outside and you just feel like pulling a blanket out over you yeah. and reading a book and relaxing. Isn't that a great feeling? And it has such a great sound to it as yes. well. I mean, when it's raining too much, of course, and it's a storm, that's, you know, sort of yeah. high alert time. But there is a softness sometimes that feels, well, shall we say, a little meditative. And that's well, something that you know a lot about. Yeah. So, and I was going to say, isn't it a little bit of a whisper? Ooh, it's it is, a whisper. It is. <laughs> yeah, it can be. And it puts you in that mindful mode. So yeah. let me tell you a little bit about Bruce Langford. For over a decade, he's been teaching, practicing, and studying mindfulness. He is truly masterful. I've had the opportunity to hear him speak about it and to share the sense of it with people. You know, Bruce was trained as an educator and he worked in the school system where he is for over 16 years. And he saw firsthand how mindfulness improves morale, It improves the effort that you make and the satisfaction that you gain, whether it's in life or the workforce. And in fact, you know, something that Bruce discovered and he really paid attention to it is he was really shocked by the amount of bullying that was being swept under the carpet. And so what he did was he transitioned in 2003 from teaching at a school to empowering teachers and students who participated in his Respect an anti-bullying training program where mindfulness played an integral role. And he's presented to over, this is a remarkable number, 1,840 live presentations and creating content for dozens of training programs. So what he's done is he's expanded it even further. And now he shares his thoughts and his insights on mindfulness with 
I'm going to say over 300 guests on his mindfulness mode podcast. And you can find everything about this. It's very easy. Mindfulnessmode.com. I'm going to spell it. It's M-I-N-D-F-U-L-N-E-S-S. And then mode is M-O-D-E.com. So there's lots. And, you know, it's remarkable, Bruce, the number of people that you've had an opportunity to talk with who shared not only um, the conversation about mindfulness, but they've shared some of the experiences they may have had in life where they've experienced bullying. It's remarkable. So Bruce, I'd love to hear what you've, what you've noticed about that in terms of how people share something that's really sometimes very difficult to talk about. Well, people share because you prove to them that you're a listener and that you care. And that's the first thing, because I think too often we don't take the time to put down our phone, put down our pen, and truly look into the person's eyes and listen to what they're saying. And if you do that, you're going to notice they're telling you not only with their words, with their eyes, with their body language. And once you do that, they will begin to open up and tell you some things that maybe they've never told anyone before. You know, I love that you're saying that because you can hear in Bruce's tone, the sense that he, he, I'm going to say you have a way of quieting the energy so that the space is open for something to come in that feels like it's safe to communicate about that. I think that's what you need to do. That's true. I think that's how you need to relate to people so that they will feel relaxed enough to share because we don't need to be in a rush. We don't need to be in a hurry to get somewhere. Where we are is right here, right now. And isn't this the most perfect place to be? Mm. I love it. I love it. You know, um, there's a, a, an opportunity I had to define the word wow and define the word whispering for a book that I'm going to be participating in. And I really thought deeply about it. I want to share with you what I noticed about the word whispering. Uh, the way I would describe it is it's using a soft, confidential tone or manner to hint at or deliver a private message. And it's, it's like you and I have just naturally fallen into this place. Now, Bruce and I will laugh uproariously at things. So we have that wow side as well. But this whispering side is an interesting experience because I can feel my heartbeat slowing down. I can feel my breathing relaxing. So there's a kind of a physical quality to it as well, wouldn't you say? I would definitely say so, yes. That's true. So um, I want to ask you to share, we had the opportunity to kind of think about what we might talk about today. And um, Bruce, you shared with me that for you, a whisper that reached deep into your life and made a big difference involved that transition from being a teacher into bullying prevention. I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about something you noticed whispering to you as that transition really before it even began. Well, it's true. I mean, I'd be at my school teaching and there'd be an assembly and I'd go in the gym and the students would be there and the person would do this presentation and I'd hear this whisper saying, Bruce, you can do that. And Bruce, you could do way better than that. You could bring in music. You could do this. You could do that. You have a way of connecting with people and you could make a difference much more so 
then you can even make here in your own school. You could get out into the world and make a bigger difference. And these were all whispers at different times. And then, you know, I listened to them and I thought, you know, that's curious. What does that really mean? What would, <laughs> what would I be expected to do? And then there were whispers about the meanness I, I saw, about the bullying. You know, and I'd see... I'd see something nasty happening and I would report it and, and it would be like, oh no, just move on. That's, that'll take care of itself. And I think, no, no, this sort of thing should not be swept under the carpet. Bullying should be dealt with. We should be talking about these issues. We should be doing something to make sure that children can go to school and feel safe not the opposite. Those were all whispers, Diane, to me. And eventually the whispers became louder and louder. And I just knew the time was right that I would create a program and I would put it out there and see if it would be received. And that was a very loud whisper when that happened because it was widely received. Oh, that's remarkable. So did you begin in your own school or did you kind of move out to we'll say the structure of the school system beyond your individual location. How did you kind of set that up so people knew that you were available? I simply thought of the idea, had the concept, and I thought, well, if I could teach every other day, then I could test this out. And on the opposite days when I'm not teaching, I could be presenting in schools. Why don't I ask my principal if that's a possibility, which I did. And then why don't I send out letters to hundreds of schools and put in with the letter a flyer outlining what this program would be like as if it existed, which it did not. But it was, it said it was mesmerizing. It said it had music, it had drama. And, and I sent all this out, received incredible positive feedback. And then I'm like, oh, now I have to create the program. <laughs> oh, you just described manifestation to a T. This idea <laughs> that, you know, affirmations aren't just what you say. you got to put some action behind it. And you yes. took the action. You started with communication, which I find fascinating. You, you first of all, you listened to the inspiration and the, the um, vision, if you will, that was presenting itself to you. And then you said, well, let me communicate this to other people and see what they think about it. And they were like, oh, my gosh, yes, for sure. We want you, Bruce. We want this. And then, it, in a sense, it was already beginning then, don't you think? Like, it was. The, the communication put it out in the world that this was something to be created together. It's true. Yes, that's right. And then I never look back. <laughs> well, what I love is Bruce has kind of hinted at it. You have a background in music. You studied music. You you became uh, and it, it, are there is there an instrument or two that is your your key personal focal musical instrument? Well, yes, piano was certain is certainly my main instrument. But because I was a music teacher all the time I was teaching, then I loved playing the instruments along with the students. So I would pick up a clarinet and today I'd be playing the clarinet all day or I'd pick up a trumpet and today I'd be playing a trumpet all day. So when I created the program, I thought, what better way to draw attention and to make this something that will really have impact by including 
some music with some instruments. So I would play an instrument. I would play the saxophone or I would play the accordion and I would play the keyboard. And then we'd go to commercial because I set this up like a radio station. <laughs> and then we were on air and then we were not on air and we'd go to commercial and we'd go out into the audience and like every radio station, I'd give out prizes. <laughs> oh know, my gosh. People that could answer the skill testing bullying questions, of course. Uh, okay, so they did have to do a little bit of thinking in there. They had to do a lot attention. of thinking. I love it. This is so you really created an experience for people, yes. not just talk, talk, talk and no. words, which, you know, sometimes when we hear words, they go into our head and we kind of stay in our head. I know my head is yeah. full of a lot of words. So I love that you brought the physicality of music. Also, you know, when you were saying that, I thought, oh my gosh, so this is a man who's unafraid to pick up a new instrument and say, well, let me see if I can play this thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I love playing all the different instruments. And then I, I realized, well, I need to create an alter ego. Uh, I'm just not going to be myself, you know, a person just standing there talking. I'm going to be this crazy DJ. And so <laughs> I was Benny DL. I gave myself a DJ name and I was out there jumping around and being silly and being crazy. And I was always a little bit off like not quite ready. I'm like, oh my gosh, we've got to get on the air. Oh, just a second. And then I go running over and I'd hit, re hit record, hit live. And then I had a monitor that said, we're on the air, you know, and then, then I'd, you know, be on the air and everything would be cool and everything. And then I'd, I'd hit the button again and I said, oh, hey kids, we're not on the air now, you know? And so I really made it an experience, like you said, and the kids oh my gosh. totally enjoyed it. And so what age ranges were these kids primarily? Did you have like a range that tends to really be the sweet spot? Yes, I did. And, and I did a different program for the younger ones. So I had the real young kids up to about eight years old. So in our system, kindergarten to grade three. And then I had another assembly based on the same themes for grades four to grades eight, grades four to six, sorry. And so they were, uh, I guess they'd be nine to 11 or so. And then mm -hmm. for the older kids, then, you know, I'd go out and I'd say to them, you know, of course you're older. I would never be doing something with you that I would be doing with the younger ones. So I have something different for you. And I would still have music. I would, you know, I would videos and different things, but of course it was geared to the older students because I think that's critical to, to speak to people where they're at and lift them up. Mm. And you know, what I love is by tuning into the different age groups, you were already tuning into the different experiences you're having with each other at these different ages, because the, you know, when you first start school, it's like, oh my gosh, this is all brand new. But then when you've been there for a while, you sort of get smart about how you think it goes. And that's where the bullying can really take hold because True. some kids are, have more awkwardness. Other kids have more aggression. There's these, all these different sort of personality types and you kind of know each other a little bit now so you can poke at your vulnerability. So you've got to really get to where they're at in that process. I'm sure you had some very different kinds of, we'll say sharing and revelations from the kids at those different ages. Oh, yes, I definitely did. And it didn't take long at all before I realized how closely mindfulness was related to all of this and related to bullying. And if I could teach children what it meant to live in the moment and not be so focused on the past, not be so concerned about the future, then, you know, bullying, the whole idea of it would just... It's, 
decline, you know, it would not be such a big deal. And, and kids started wanting to be nicer to each other and to help each other. And, you know, I realized mindfulness is an integral part of all of this. I love that you have connected mindfulness to being in the moment, to being present. And I haven't heard that in a way that really has got my attention. So you're really grabbing me in a way here that in, so Bruce, let me ask you this. I, my sense is that the effort to be in the present sometimes takes something because we're, we are always thinking ahead or what happened yesterday or what's likely to happen tomorrow. What do I have to do now? But being in the present, you can't really spend a lot of time in those other two places, can you? Well, that's true. And I think the big thing too is letting go. If we learn how to let go of that urge to think in the past, let go of thinking about the future, what's left? All that's left <laughs> is now. <laughs> and now it gets kind of big, doesn't it? Bruce is smiling away here. I know, I know you can see his smile on the podcast, even though it's audio. <laughs> and now you can hear his smile. So what I love is that you're giving people something to do with their mind and give it, um, we'll say, you could say uh, a task, a challenge, an inspiration. So what, is that, what does that feel like? to be in the present. I'm wondering if people have shared with you what they notice as they feel themselves or find themselves being more in the present. They notice their emotions and they'll say to me, oh, before I didn't even realize, like I'd be angry and I didn't realize I was, or I'd be super happy and I'm like, oh, I just didn't even notice it. And then they said, I started to notice my emotions and then I could start doing something about it. I could control how I reacted to my emotions. And that's what's made such a big difference for me, they would say. And that makes a big difference for everyone. That is remarkable. And kids, if they start to learn to do that early, my gosh, I'm thinking even the, the seven and eight year olds, they're going to be so much better equipped for teenagehood, right? Because that's totally. like a a giant emotional experience. <laughs> totally, totally. And the thing about kids is so many of them actually come by this naturally. And it's us as adults who say, don't forget what happened yesterday. Don't forget what happened last week. Because, and then, and then you have to study for that test because, you know, and, and we think, you know, we get them thinking about the future and the past so much. And of course, it's sometimes important to learn from the, you know, past experiences, of course. And of course, we have to sometimes think about what may happen in the future. But the fact is, we need to spend most of our time in the present. And don't you find that if one can spend a little more time in the present, you have more power to create in the present? Exactly. And a lot of us forget about that whole creation side, that creativity that we all have within us. And we just sometimes push it aside. We just forget about it and we become adults and we have much more important things to do, Diane, as an adult. <laughs> none, of, none of that creative stuff. It's time to be serious. <laughs> oh, Bruce, you know what you remind me of? I have the opportunity to... Um, uh, work as a docent at a, at a museum. And one of the opportunities I had was to work in what's called the sketching gallery. And in the sketching gallery, there are paintings and artworks and sculptures that people can literally get pencil and paper and start drawing. 
Well, when the kids come in with their, with their parents, they're like, oh, can I have a piece of paper? Can I have some pencils? Oh boy. And they just start doing something, whatever it is. It's sometimes they just draw what's in their head. Sometimes they draw what's out there. Sometimes they just scribble. But I noticed when I would say to the parents, would, would you like some sketching paper too? <gasps> so often, Bruce, they shrivel up and go into this place yes. of, I can't even draw a straight line. That's right. And yeah. I, I used to be a little bit of a smarty pants. I'd say, you know what? I'm an artist and I can't either. <laughs> and you're like, oh dear, I'm not getting away with this with her. What's fascinating is how we have been really just I'm going to say pushed into a place of self-judgment where the fact that they couldn't draw a straight line was in their way. And their little kid who clearly could not draw a straight line had no problem drawing something. Sure. That's right. And, and life is not full of straight lines. I can, no. I can say that with assurance after living You're right. two on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> now I bet you, you find some similar circumstances like that with with musical instruments just what i was saying about you're you're a person who's a fully grown adult you're you're okay with picking up a new instrument or any instrument but do you find that at a certain age kids start to get a little less they've been trained away from that kind of experimentation what do you think about that is that something you can tap into easily or does it take a little bit more when they get maybe into teenagehood well, you're right. It, it is easier to start it a little bit earlier when they're just filled with excitement and they can't wait to play the first note. And I just feed off that excitement. I was in a school yesterday and I was doing mindfulness with the kids, but I was also in a music room and they were just so excited, just talking and thinking about how later on this year, they'll be able to pick up an instrument and they'll be able to play some notes. And you can just feel the energetic vibrations coming from those children. They're so excited. So yes, it's true. As they get into teenagehood, a lot of times they start pushing that down and thinking, oh, I can't do that anyway or whatever their thoughts are whatever their story is and don't we all create stories about things you know? <laughs> we're really good at that <laughs> we are yeah <laughs> and some of those stories are tragedies and comedies and horror shows and and some people have uh, the gumption to write the story down and then make a bunch of money out of it or get famous with it but we're carrying them around inside us even without making it into uh, like an artistic creation or, or expression. That's true. Interesting. Yeah. So I want to ask you about a particular wow that I think um, happened to you when you decided to just go for this little voice, this whisper that was sort of knocking at you, getting your attention, and you decided to put things out there. You, you did that again, not just with the bullying prevention programs, but you decided to go out into the world of podcasting. Now, here we are on a podcast, and, and by the way, millions of people are listening to podcasts all the time, and you've got a podcast that has an interesting aspect to it. What, what you shared with me is that you found people contacting you to please, could they be on your podcast? Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I just started listening to podcasts and, and learning about people who are successful and, and listening between the lines. A lot of them would say, well, you know, the real reason I'm successful is because, you know, every day I go out and jog for half an hour or every day I swim or every day I do artwork or every day I write or whatever. And 
to those people, that activity or that time that they, that they allow for themselves was a mindfulness experience. And I thought, mm. you know what? I think that's something we should focus on. I would love to talk to people all over the world about what their form of mindfulness is. And I thought, well, why don't I start a podcast? And so that certainly was a wow moment. And I thought, well, where will I find all these people to interview? And it's more like, how will I narrow it down? To, because I just have people approaching me every day, sending me messages and emails all the time wanting to be on my show, which is super exciting. It's difficult to narrow it down because, you know, I want to interview almost everybody, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you do. If you could figure out a way to have your clone over here on the side interviewing 24-7, yes. that you a very happy man <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> so what i'm intrigued with is so how do they say they find you what prompts them to write to you do they listen to your podcast do they hear about it from other people well, I think they listen to it. I think they notice it on iTunes and other places and they see that it's a top ranked podcast and they listen to it and possibly they connect. They feel like this is the sort of place they could envision themselves being. And I know that a lot of the guests that I've had on have enjoyed a lot of uh publicity as a result they've really gotten their voice out there and they've gotten a lot of feedback a lot of people have gone to their social media so i know that people uh feel like that's a good place for them to be and they just they just do what you did they reach out and take action and communicate with you maybe write you a letter or an email that's right and um I just, you know, it just sounds like if there were two or three of you, Bruce, you could get a lot more done. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> but what I love is that you're, you're finding that something that you were inspired to do is inspiring others. Yeah, that's true. And I, and I love how people hear the show and then they reach out to me and they ask me to go and speak at their event or they ask me to write an article for them or they ask me to do this or that. And like next week, I'll be at the Zen. It's actually called the Global Zen Consciousness Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm so excited to be speaking there with incredible people, scientists and, and meditators and interesting people from all over the world. So that will be exciting. But yeah, being a podcaster is totally exciting. That's for sure. So when you had this idea to do the podcast, did you have any um, inkling that this, that this might be the result, that you'd be being invited to the Zen conference and other places like that? Did that pop into your, into your kind of inspiration bubble? I, I didn't really stop to think about that too much because I was too busy thinking in the moment. I was just thinking, how will I do this? And, you know, who can I interview? And I'll just go for it, basically. Yeah. Well, I love that. So you, the power of, of the moment, the power of now being present might have some surprises in it, might have some things you, in a sense, not only can't see, but don't really have to see because isn't that in the future? <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. You don't have to know that. And you can't predict the future. So just let it happen. Let it unfold as it will. How great. You know, it's intriguing because there's a tendency, oh, yes, among us human beings, we'd like to predict the future because we'd like it to go really well. Yes. And, um, 
you know, it's a little bit of a, a, call, a, a sort of a call to us. What I'm hearing you say is that if you trust your being present and just be like immersed, I mean, you were, you were concerned with who am I going to interview and how's that going to go and what are we going to say and let me make sure it's getting out there. The rest of it just showed up because you were already in the space of making it possible. Well, that's right. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and I think that, you know, it's, it's so easy to just live in the moment if you allow yourself to do that. If you just, just let the other stuff go, allow yourself to be in the moment and do what feels right to you. Because the thing is, we're all different. And, you know, every one of us has different interests, different talents, different abilities. And sometimes we struggle to identify what they are. But you can identify what they are by letting go and giving yourself time and space and just sit back and relax. And, you know, Latsu said, there is so much value in doing nothing. And I love that, you know, because Ooh. we think in our society, we have to be busy all the time doing, 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 creating, doing, creating, doing. And that's not true. You know, it's okay to sit back and do nothing because in fact you may think you're doing nothing but you're actually giving yourself a gift you're giving yourself a gift of the present and just letting yourself be and then you will have so much more to offer others by giving yourself that gift uh, you know, I had a picture in when you were just saying that last part, I had a picture of a cat. Uh, cats have a reputation for staring at nothing. Yes, they do. <laughs> and people think, what are they looking at? What do they see? And we'll never know the answer because they're keeping it a big secret. But what <laughs> I find interesting is the other side of cats is that if they choose to come and sit on you and purr, that's like the best thing going. And guess what? You're both kind of doing nothing when that happens. That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> and dogs have a more energetic way of doing that. They're like they do. hanging out and, you know, giving you a big kiss and throw the ball and I'll bring it back to you without any training whatsoever. And they're into that. But it's interesting how these animals, they're not talking a lot to us. They're not saying a lot of, a lot of interesting words. They're, they're just being who they are in the moment. They are. We can learn so much from animals, Diane. So much <laughs> about mindfulness. So much about the best way to live your life. It's right there in front of us. The animals are teaching us. And and how great that we, you know, when I see, when I, I live in a city, so I see people out walking their dogs all the time. I think, so who's walking who? I think the dog is walking the person. <laughs> yes, often. <laughs> and how great, because if that dog were not there walking that person, that person might not be out walking and enjoying nature and, true. you know, saying hello to their neighbors on the street or whatever that might be. That's very true. <laughs> So I want to ask you, I think you also are involved with people who have already grown up, they're out of school, they're on their way into the world of being in business or working in a corporate situation. And I believe you bring mindfulness to them as well. Am I right about exactly, that? Exactly. Yes, exactly. And, you know, it's wonderful when you walk into a company or a corporation where everybody feels like they're all one. 
They're all part of the goal. They're all like one, one movement towards something and they feel that connection and they, they love each other because they're all working toward the same thing. And so therefore, why would they not? want to be peaceful? Why would they not want to be coordinated and work together successfully? Now, sadly, that's not the picture that happens in a lot of companies and corporations. And there are many people out there that, you know, they're living that sense that they have to do, 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 do so many things. They have to be so busy and they have to be better than someone else, or they have to achieve more than someone else. And so everything becomes so competitive and that whole sense of mindfulness is lost. And then all of a sudden there's unhappiness and there's backstabbing and there's fighting and there are people quitting and people, you know, resigning and leaving and moving to other companies. And, you know, in the meantime, that company has paid a huge price to find those excellent employees and then they have to go out and do it again. So that's what I do. I go into companies and I help them with this so that their people who really want to be dedicated to the company, they can settle back, truly be dedicated, truly feel they're part of it all and enjoy what they're doing. And isn't that what life should be like? That is a very beautiful vision of life because when you're working, you're taking up a big part of your daily life doing that job or running that business or being in that profession. And how amazing that you give people access to having that be an enjoyable uh, way to spend your time, uh, yes. way to be with each other too. It, it feels like mindfulness is giving, and it's interesting when you were talking about some of the negative things that occur, I thought, Maybe that's the grown-up version of bullying where there's, there's excess competition and there's sort of a ruthlessness and there's a feeling of being maybe pushed out or, you know, that you've got you've to push someone else out of the way so you can do better. That's a kind of, does it resonate with you as a, a, maybe a, an aspect of bullying? Oh, yes, very much so. There's, uh, bullying is present in so many places, including inside our own minds, the self-bullying that goes on. And we talked about stories earlier, and a lot of times those stories are pretty cruel stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. And we, we just stop ourselves in our track in the tracks and we just you know don't create and don't produce and don't do some of the wonderful things we actually have the potential for doing in the world because of that bullying voice that self-bullying so there are so many ways that bullying does apply and how we can learn to let that go not have that be part of our lives and what an extraordinary thing, using the example of going into a business or a corporation and having an opportunity to work with people and give them an access to understanding this or to noticing it even more than understanding it. And it sounds like if people could notice and maybe not be so falling into the trap of behaving that way, they, they ultimately could be more productive, more satisfied a sense of camaraderie opens up? Have you, have you found that to occur? 
Definitely. And the bottom line of the company ends up increasing. The potential is just like wide open and companies get back to me and they're like, I can't believe the difference, you know, how everybody is cooperating and working toward our goals so much more uh, favorably. And yeah, so it's positive all, all the way around. Wow. So we're going to take a little break here. I, I am very excited to be with my guest, Bruce Langford. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Stay with us. And we're going to learn a little bit more about mindfulness. Thank you for being with us on Wow Whispering. In each episode, we present a public service announcement that highlights resources committed to uplifting our quality of life. Look for the episode show notes, which have links to learn more. Today, we are pleased to feature StopBullyingGov. It's actually StopBullying.gov if you go into the website, but if you're on Twitter, it's StopBullyingGov. Updates on how you can take action to stop bullying are what they present. Parents, kids, educators, and communities all play a role. Their focus is on bullying, cyberbullying, prevention, and resources. And what they advise on is training, what schools can do, and state laws and policies. Prevention is all about teaching kids how to identify bullying and how to stand up to it safely. You want to be aware of what our kids are doing online. Stop bullying on the spot. When adults respond quickly and consistently to bullying behavior, they send a message that it's not acceptable. Research shows that this can stop bullying behavior over time. Parents, school staff, and other adults in the community can help kids prevent bullying by talking about it, by building a safe school environment and creating a community-wide bullying prevention strategy. Because it's all about getting help now. If you find that you've done everything you can personally do to resolve a situation and nothing has worked, or someone is in immediate danger, there are ways to get help. This website is where you want to get familiar with because they provide quick links to local and regional support. And you know what's exciting is right on Wow Whispering, we've had an expert who's worked very, I'm going to say successfully and with dedication to prevention of bullying uh, in his native land of Canada. And so we're joining that effort and just acknowledging that here in the U.S., We've got our hands full, and we are definitely pleased to see this resource available. So go ahead and check it out. Thank you. Okay, we are back, and I am very excited to be talking today with Bruce Langford, who is the creator of Mindfulness Mode, and that is a podcast that you can listen to. Uh, and best way to access it is go right to his site, mindfulnessmode.com, M-I-N-D-F-U-L-N-E-S-S-M-O-D-E.com. And I'm going to spell Bruce's name too, in case you want to Google him. Bruce, B-R-U-C-E, Langford, L-A-N-G-F-O-R-D. Because you know what? I have found in this world that 
we've created this amazing virtual world, but if you don't spell things correctly, you do not get where you want to go. <laughs> That's true, Diane. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> spelling makes a difference, doesn't it? <laughs> so while we all thought that spelling bees were like done and gone when we were little kids in school, no, they're now following us out into real life too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we've been chatting with Bruce about many aspects of mindfulness and of mindfulness as a way out of the traps of bullying from the time we're little kids through teenagehood through even being uh, out there in the adult world of being in a business or owning a company or having a profession, all those worlds where that can get in our way. And Bruce is giving us an opportunity to really tune into some of the discoveries he's made, some of the wisdom he has found in his work with mindfulness. So I want to ask you, um, as we're chatting away here, Bruce, is there anything that you would like to consider inviting people to do in their own life that they could start now and just explore and experiment with and maybe tune into a little bit of mindfulness themselves? Well, one of the ways you can tune into some mindfulness is to get your hands on a book that can make a difference for you. And, and, you know, of course you can listen to the podcast at mindfulnessmode.com. But my guests, when I get my guests on the show, I ask them, what is a book that you recommend? So I've had so many different rec books recommended in almost 400 guests that I've had on the show. And so what I did was I put together something that shows the 12 top books recommended on the Mindfulness Mode podcast. And I, I put it into a, <clears throat> a little mini ebook that you can read where uh, each of the books is outlined. You can read a little bit about it and, uh, and you can read who recommended that book and so on. And uh, so you can get that by going to mindfulnessmode.com slash top 12 books. Just simply top and then one, two books, top 12 books. And uh, I found that a lot of uh, people have reached out to me and said that they got a lot of value out of, you know, reading those books. So mindfulnessmode.com slash top 12 books, that's yours. Check it out. And I think that'll bring some valuable mindfulness into your life. And, and you've done it in an ebook format, correct? Yes, that's right. So what's great is when people go on the website, they're already in the world of, of being online. And so an ebook is easy for them to get a hold of and then tap into. And then many of the books are probably even an ebook for themselves. So some people love to have a physical book to hold. And I really appreciate that. My books are kind of like teddy bears that surround me. Yes. But I love ebooks too, because then I can take them with me out into the world. And when I'm sitting waiting for something, like I was at the doctor's office the other day, and it's like, oh. I have something I can read right here, right in my little mobile device. Yeah, so I love I that love too. I love that you've done that, Bruce, that people can, excuse me, a little frog that occasionally likes to show up has just arrived in my throat. Let me take a little sip of water. I think of it as my little companion frog who likes to remind me that uh, there is a whole kingdom and a whole world of communication that is not using the voice. <laughs> 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 so... I want to say what I love, Bruce, is that you've given people an access to something they can use in a variety of ways, and you've given them choice, too. You said, it's not the top one book, it's 12 books. So here's your wonderful dozen of possibilities. See what resonates with you. So isn't that great? 
Yeah, I think you'll enjoy checking that out because there are so many great books out there about mindfulness. So don't be afraid to get your hands on one that can really change your life. Absolutely. So Bruce, one of the things that I am always intrigued with is your experience of, of wow. And you've given us several of the whispers that built to some wows out there in the world of what you've accomplished and what you're still accomplishing and what you're committed to. And have you found yourself in life ever saying wow in a way that really sticks with you? And sometimes it's a it's like a happy memory or a life-changing memory that really just kind of brings you present and almost you can re-experiencing it when you think about it. I'd love to invite you to share whatever pops into your mind in the moment. You're already smiling at me. I can well, tell. what popped into my mind was my studio. I'm sitting right here in my studio right now and I, and I have this, this studio, but I didn't always have the studio. When I first started my podcast, I didn't have a place to record it because I live out of the city and the internet is terrible out there. It's just terrible. So I knew I couldn't interview guests out there. So I had this uh, little property in the city. And so I thought, well, there's no place for me to even go there and record. But then I thought, oh, yeah, there's this little spot in behind the furnace. And I have a picture of me and there's all this metal ductwork from the furnace and I would switch the furnace off and then I would squeeze a little desk in there and a little microphone and I was, you know, back in the corner. I couldn't even stand up because I'd hit my head up. (laughs) And I was in there recording the podcast. And I think I hung some blankets all around it so it wouldn't resonate against those furnace ducts. And there I was interviewing people for my podcast. And so then I thought to myself, well, you know, this can't go on for long. Like, this is crazy. You know, this is insane. <laughs> but it worked for a little while. And then I had this space, which was really like a storage area. And it was like a complete junky space. And then I, I thought, well, I'm going to go to Texas to podcast movement. And that was in 2015 when I first started my podcast. And then this thought suddenly came to me, what if that could be my studio? And that space. So I very quickly called up a contractor that I knew and I had him come over and I said, look at this space. Could you make this into like a little, uh, an office? Okay. Maybe two offices and, and a little kitchenette over here and a bathroom there. And, and do you see that? And he says, uh, yeah, he says, "I, I think so. And I think we can do that. And so when I came back from Texas, I was so shocked because he had already torn all of the, you know, everything out of it. And he already had walls in and he had everything like sort of roughed in. And I, and he says, well, this will be ready for you in about a month. And I was just completely flipped out. And now I'm sitting here in my wonderful studio, which overlooks a ravine by the river, beautiful view of trees. And it's just an incredibly quiet, beautiful place for me to record my podcast. So it all came true. <laughs> wow. And You've done what what many people have not had the experience of. You inspired your contractors such that you were like first on the list. Like, I'm going to do this now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of like, let's, I thought of the idea. Okay, let's make it happen now. (laughs) That's kind of like me. And my wife would say, like, one day we were talking. She says, you know, I've been thinking maybe we should paint, paint the one, one room upstairs. And then a few minutes later, she says, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm getting a paintbrush and I'm getting the paint. (laughs) I didn't 
mean now? <laughs> I'm like, well, when is there a better time? You know, <laughs> for a man who lives in the present, you're not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this too, this power can be yours as well. All you have to do is be a little mindful. Yeah. Well, and lo and behold, your life will be speeding ahead at 90 miles an hour. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> All you need is a paintbrush. Have one handy. You never know when you're going to need it. That's true. <laughs> How fantastic. So what you're doing is while you're podcasting, you have this gorgeous view yes. uh, that you can see. In a way, you're giving your mind a little treat along the way while you're sure. being present while you're in communication with people because you know human beings love to be in communication right whether it's with their cat or dog or whether it's other people but also the brain is a fascinating thing i, I don't know if you've been sort of hooked on the neuroscience discoveries i've been really intrigued with them i'm hooked uh, yeah because the brain does all these things that we don't realize it's doing all the time and so it's always looking to be if you will, stimulated. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it likes to build new neural connections. So how great that you've set it up that while you're doing this thing over here, you're also giving it something to look at, real life out there. I'm sure there's boats going by, people going by, birds going by, and weather occurring, all this stuff is occurring that your brain can see through your eyes while you're doing something else. It's not that you're multitasking per se, which we've been told is not a good thing to do, but you are will say fully present. <laughs> well, true. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no no room for boredom to creep in there. Yeah, and say, well, I'm only looking at a wall here. I'm looking at life occurring, and I'm in the middle of it. Well, I enjoy it. I, I just truly enjoy the space here. It's fantastic. Wow, that's fantastic. What's the weather like out there right now? It's it's a uh, little bit overcast today. It's not super bright, but it's it's also not super hot either. It's, it's comfortable. It's very comfortable for being outside. Sounds like you and I got the same weather this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, Bruce, I am so thrilled to have you with me here uh, to wow and whisper with our guests, uh, with our listeners. You're my guests. They're our listeners, and they are every bit as important a part of this experience because we know that when you... Um, are in the world of creativity, it doesn't have any boundaries. And so isn't it lovely to live in an age of technology where we can do this together? And yes, it is, Diane. It's so exciting. And I'm so honored to be here. It's been so much fun. And you, you have an ability, a wonderful ability as, a, as a, an interviewer to draw stories out and to draw people out because I truly had a great time. Thank you so much, Diane, for inviting me on your show. You know this from the work you do. People have amazing stories to tell. They have life wisdom to share. And it's my pleasure and honor to be a witness to that. So thank you, Bruce. And we will see what gets created, especially for those of you who pick up on his offer of the 12 amazing books that you can consider to really move yourself into mindfulness mode. Thank you so much, Bruce. My pleasure. Right, I'm gonna sign off and uh, we'll, we'll not only see you, but hear you all very soon. What a pleasure to be with you in the world of wow whispering. As we complete this episode, I invite you to notice the wows and whispers that enliven or challenge 
as they fulfill life for you in both tiny moments and transforming experiences. I wish you the very best until we meet next time.